It is Thursday, February 16th, 2023. Welcome to another edition of Baseball Today. I am your host today, Trevor Plouffe, Coach Trev. And with me, I brought my lefty friend, Jerry Blevins. Producer Dan work with us also as always. Jerry, what is going on, man? Thank you for filling in for C. Rose. How are you feeling today? I'm great, man. I'm excited. I always love baseball today. This is fun. It's live. Keeps me on my toes. I get to either speak with uh, you or Rosie, two of my favorite people in the company. And I always get to see Dan beforehand. Like it's, this is a fun fill in. I appreciate it. The live aspect does make it a little more saucy. Like you got, like you said, you got to be on your toes. You never know which way we're going to go. C Rose is pretty good about that. I do want to give a shout out to him. He's in St. Lucia with the other boys. I heard it's a nude beach. That's what I've been hearing. So you got C Rose out there just naked and put that image in your head for everybody. <laughs> Let's I, hope he, off, I hope he hit the help. He let that Southern California sun hit his skin before he <laughs> headed out there uh, naked and pale. I wish he was here to say, no, 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 boys. You know, my body's like the Dow Jones up and down <laughs> with the weight. Is C Rose a uh, t-shirt in the pool guy? I think he like stays out of the pool, like in the mm. cabana. That's so, I have a feeling that's. I understand. I'm a skinny guy, you know, with all those uh, athletes, you know, showing off their muscles all the time, and I'm just walking around looking like an average, you know, 15 year old pale white dude, just white boy body, you know, teenage boy body. Uh, I get it, but I'm a full. I'll, I'll show off the 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 self confidence of my figure. Well, you're like 6'10", bro, so, you know, <laughs> let's relax. I don't know about average body for you, okay? <laughs> oh, before we started, I was going to start with the questions, but I told you you needed to do one thing for me today. Let's talk about your Wordle score. For people that don't know, Jerry and I play Wordle against each other, and uh, every once in a while we send uh, the scores. And what did you do today? I figured you had it must have had a good day because you wanted to make sure that I put it out there. Uh, I got it in four. That's what How'd I you... always get it in. I today know. was today was magic. If you haven't done it, sorry, I spoiled it for you. Um, I got it in four today. I'm like yeah. pretty much a a three or a four guy, Jer. So I am four is the average, like heavy favorite, and then three and five are like really close to being tied on the number. Uh, and I always, if I get it under four, I'm happy. So yeah, me too. to me, four is par. If I get a, a three, it feels like a birdie. So I'm for that. So I went solar. You know, I always start with solar until it becomes the first word. Uh, then I'll, I'll be free, but I can't do it. So I went solar, tacky, caged, and then got magic. That's nice. I start with trend because I'm a Wheel of Fortune guy, R-S-T-L-N-E. So I went with trend. Uh, I got zero right there. Then I went cloak <laughs> oh. to mox, like mox speed. And then I got magic. I like it. Ooh, Mox. Okay. I dig that. I don't like using the yes, but you know, sometimes you got to do it. I, yeah, I wanted the CH, CH though. I like the CH together. Yes. Okay. Let's start the show. This is about <laughs> baseball. And we're going to start with something near and dear to your heart, your team that you cover. Verlander and Scherzer, they reported the camp and they're reunited for the first time since their time in Detroit. Uh, when they were there, there was always noise about like a rift between them. How confident are you that bygones will be bygones? And then what do you expect out of the duo this year? Yeah, uh, to be honest, I don't care about bygones. If not, they're both professionals. They're both at the, the peak of their game. 
they're gonna they're gonna perform regardless of how they feel about each other personally. I'm sure they're very friendly now because this was 10 years ago when they were with Detroit. I have you know PTSD because my Oakland A's got knocked out by Verlander in game five, two years in a row. So those two together bring, bring me nightmares. But my expectations for these guys are the highest that they could be. Like these are two of the best. They're the two highest paid pitchers annually. I expect them to perform up to that. And they're both at their peak. You know, Bert, uh, Scherzer dealt with some uh, health issues and he missed a lot of the season. But when he was on, he was elite. And Verlander coming off the AL Cy Young, like I expect that caliber from these two. I do too. And if you go back to their days in Detroit, I was up close and personal with them as well because I was on the Twins in the Central. And you know, I I have also have PTSD because I had to face <laughs> them so much in that cold weather in Detroit. Um, to be honest with you, I, like I remember hearing some stuff back then, uh, but it's kind of expected when you're on a team like they had. It was. It was some veteran dudes who were all world players. And then, you know, some of these younger guys who knew they were going to be all world players. I hate using the word, the word alpha male, but like there was a lot of alphas in that clubhouse and you're around each other a lot. Like there's going to be some things from time to time. I agree with you. They're both like 40 years old right now. Times have changed. You're a dad now. You made all the money in the world, all the accolades in the world. The only thing these two are going to be focused on this year is winning a World Series. That's it. I think we might see like some stepbrothers type stuff where like, did we just become best friends? I really (laughs) believe they might because they've been asked questions about like, what do you think it's going to be like to work with uh, Verlander or Scherzer? And they both said the same thing. I can't wait to pick his brain about what he's learned in the eight years we've been apart. That to me is scary because as you mentioned, they were dominant last year. Verlander with a Cy Young. Scherzer was dealing with the oblique and that's horrible for baseball players. If, If you get an oblique issue, it's going to be difficult to do anything. He still was lights out last year. I hope he said he was working to figure that out. I hope he has because obliques are no fun. But I expect them to dominate this year. They could be the, the best one-two punch in the game. There's some other uh, people that have uh, maybe a claim at that title. Uh, but surely they are, are ready to go. And like I said, their only focus this year is going to be that World Series. Yeah, as you know, I mean, you don't have to like your coworkers to have do well at your job. Uh, you're around baseball players, you're around your teammates so much that there's going to be guys you don't like or that you clash with on occasion. But the bottom line is, if you bring it to the ballpark every day ready to play, there's a mutual respect. And there's no doubt that these two bring it every day because they're both first ballot Hall of Famers. Like, And so there's a mutual respect there from that aspect. And then again, they're t- this is a decade later, these guys are going to use each other as resources and probably elevate their game based upon each other. So I'm actually excited to see what they can do. Me too. Another pitching question for the pitcher, uh, the Rays. We talked about them on our TPP when we, when we did this for our talking baseball for the first time in a long time, they, they boast like a tremendous traditional rotation They have depth. They have five solid starters plus more behind them. So it got me thinking, I want to know what your favorite rotation is heading into the season. And then what do you look for most in a rotation? Is it top end starters, depth, swing and miss? What do you got, Jer? Gosh, uh, it's hard to beat this, this one, two punch. Uh, their rotation is incredible. McClanahan is one of my favorite pitchers to watch. I'm left-handed. 
I love watching other lefties do their thing. He's got movement. He's elite, high velocity. You've got Glasnow, the, the, the pretty man that he is doing his thing, letting the ball explode out of the top. They do things differently. They have a really fun rotation. I like where they're going because one of the things to, to answer your second part that I look for is starters that can chew up innings because I feel mm. like they were at the forefront of getting away from the importance of starting pitching and they did the opener. They would have their guys go only twice through the lineup. But I think if you have those really elite guys, the true ace, the true number two guys that can eat up, go into the seventh, eighth innings, which I think they're probably going to let McClanahan start to do a little bit more. Um, that's what I look for. I look for the true ace, uh, a guy that can win you in a, in a wild card game, whatever the case may be, a winner take all game seven. Do you have a guy that can do that? Um, Tampa does, but I think my favorite, and again, it's going to sound Homer, my number one rotation has got to be the New York Mets uh, for, for a couple of reasons. Number one, we talked about that like true ace. You've got Scherzer and, and um, Verlander who are future Hall of Famers and they're, they're pitching at that level right now. It's not like Pujols at the end of their career, but they also have some excitement. They have Kodai Singa coming over from Japan with the ghost fork mid to high 90s fastball. That's like, that's fun because you don't know how that's going to translate, what he's going to do. And then they have a couple of guys that I just respect that, that in Cookie Carrasco and Jose Quintana that just know how to pitch. They, they can do a little bit of everything. They give you something new every day. So uh, as a five-man rotation, that's exciting. And then they have some depth with Tyler McGill, who was the opening day starter last year. David Peterson, who uh, should be in a rotation somewhere, but he's been pushed out because of how good the Mets are. So uh, I think the Mets are my favorite because of the, the top and bottom and then a little bit of the unknown in Singa. It's awesome that you can say that about the Mets after losing Jacob DeGrom. Do you ever wild. think about that? Like, it's wild. You're talking about this is going to be one of the best rotations in baseball. And you said it's the best rotation in baseball. And they just I lost. said it's my favorite. My favorite. Okay. Well, I'm just, you know what I'm saying, though. You lose the best pitcher in baseball when healthy, and you're still at the top. The team that I'm going to talk about is very similar. They just lost the Hale Cy Young. I'm calling the Houston Astros my favorite rotation. For a couple different reasons, Jerry. First of all, the guys that are in there. You got Framber, Christian Javier, Lance McCullers Jr. will be back and healthy this year. Luis Garcia, Urquidy, and then the wild card in my mind. If this guy is who they think he is, I'm talking, I don't think there's any competition. Hunter Brown, if he comes up and is the guy, they call him Mini Verlander, okay? Like he models his, um, his what's that called? His windup after Verlander and his stuff sure looks like it. So if he comes up, the depth is there. And another thing these guys have is name a situation they haven't been in and succeeded in. And I think that plays at the big league level. You have to be confident. You guys love to use the word conviction. These guys can throw with conviction at any moment because they've been faced with the highest of highs in baseball. They've been there, done that. And I think, you know, over a season, they can rely on that at any time. If they start to feel, you know, off or something, hey, what does this matter to me? Like, I've been there. I've done that. I've succeeded. I think that's really important in a rotation. It kind of gets overlooked sometimes because if you have a guy that's up trying to, you know, fend for himself or, or, or establish himself in the big leagues and he hasn't been in those situations, you, you never know what you're going to get. 
these guys are tried and true. So I'm going to take the Houston Astros. And to answer my own second part of my question, what do I look for in a rotation? I, like you, like a stopper. Like I need someone that's going to stop those losing streaks. You mentioned the wild card game. I love that. You know, that short series or how it used to be with the one game. That's even more important. You have a guy in there you can just throw out and say, that's my guy. You have to have that. Um, I think the Astros are maybe a little missing in that, or maybe they're not, dude. Maybe Framber. They're is probably that guy. not. They don't have like, the name, but they're probably not missing that. Lance McCullers Jr. could be that guy. Like, you know, so I love the Astros rotation. I think they're going to be in the ALCS again. I don't think anything stopped them. And again, they just lost Justin Verlander, who won the Cy Young last year. He have a 175 ERA in 2022. And here we are talking about him being one of the best rotations in baseball. Well, I wanted to shout out the Astros. I mean, can't talk enough about how good they are, but I wanted to shout out two rotations. They're both in the AL East. It's the Yankees. I think if they don't lose Montas, which again, the Yankees would have preferred him not to pitch last year with how he performed, but I still think he's a very good piece, especially at your number five spot. They still have an incredible rotation. Garrett Cole, the stopper, you've, you've got uh, Rodon, who's coming off uh, an incredible two-year run. Uh, Nestor Cortez, who people forget about, is just filth. Uh, and then the other one is for me is Toronto. I, that team is so exciting. I, I love everything. For me, it's like San Diego and Toronto are the teams I always want to watch highlights of their games. Um, if Jose Barrios shows yes. a glimpse of who he was and who he can be and who his stuff can let him be, that that rotation and that division is up for grabs in my opinion i love it we can't do that jerry because people are going to call us coastal elite so i can't let you mention i'm a, no, I'm a midwest teams. guy i'm going to mention two teams in the midwest okay <laughs> i'm talking chicago white Sox rotation like i can't quit them i don't blame you there that's a that's a really good rotation go check out who they have okay and the <laughs> milwaukee brewers like these, there's so many stacked rotations. We didn't even mention the Dodgers where people say, oh, their depth isn't where it is. Okay. Pepeo is going to come up. Uh, Dustin May is going to be a guy. Bobby Dustin Miller's May is number five Gavin, with best Gavin stuff Stone, ever. Yeah, it's, there's a lot of really, really good rotations out there. And I do love that. Yeah. I'm gonna, I wish we had more time. To on the ant portion, let's talk about like I would love the best one-two punch. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll think about that. That's interesting to me. I really like that. Uh, Jerry, does Garrett Cole throw fast? He throws very fast. You know what else goes fast? Race cars. (laughs) This show is brought to you by the Daytona 500, the great American race. It's the biggest race of the NASCAR season, and it's coming up on February 19th. Um, This is the one that every driver wants to win, Jerry. If you've never seen it, it's unreal. 100,000-plus fans all on the edge of their seats witnessing the start of the NASCAR Cup Series battling for position on the massive super speedway at 200 miles per hour with the cars just inches away from each other. Uh, This year is even more special, Jerry. It's the official kickoff to NASCAR's 75th anniversary. If you've never checked out NASCAR, you got to see this race. Park yourself on the couch for the afternoon and tune into the Daytona 500 on Sunday, February 19th. This Sunday, February 19th at 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Are you a NASCAR guy? I'm not, but I am a Daytona 500 guy. That's an awesome sponsor, by the way. That's super cool. Uh, That's on my bucket list. So I played for the Daytona Cubs when they were in the Mm -hmm. Florida State League. Um, They run two races at Daytona, the opening one, and then they do another one. But 
Uh, it's on my bucket list. It, to me, it's like the Indy 500, which I've been to. I want to go to the Kentucky Derby, and I want to do Daytona. And I want to do an F1 race like Monte Carlo or something would be pretty cool. Let's just become race car guys, bro. Why not? You. Yeah, I don't even like cars. I'm in. I like the Daytona 500. You've got uh, some rich friends out there. Somebody's got to be like a sponsor. Let's go hang out in Monte Carlo together. I'm sick of all my rich friends. <laughs> All right. I've been asking everyone I talked to uh, how they feel about the new rules in 2023. So I'm just going to straight up ask you, what change do you like the best? Uh, it's easy for me. And that's the pitch clock. Like uh, I, you know, I was really into um, being a part of the union as a, as a rep in those discussions. There were very, there's some of the rules I don't really love. Like um, I love personality in baseball, the, the rock and the baby, um, that's going to be a balk now because of some of the rules. Uh, I, I like personality, so I don't love that. Uh, I like the band of the shift, but the pitch clock pace of play, getting the action. I, I love everything that that's going to do. It's too slow. Uh, as a pitcher who works slow myself, I would have appreciated it because sometimes I'm standing there ready to go and the batter's taking his time. And it's a mind game. I think you get rid of all that BS and keep the action in baseball. I'm super excited for it. I agree with you. I also like the pitch clock. And I don't know if that's just because I'm a fan now. And like, I think it's going to enhance the viewing aspect of it. I don't know how I would have felt as a player. I did have some of it my last years in AAA. I didn't mind it then. But I'm thinking, how would I feel if I was in the big leagues in a big moment? And I know there's some safeguards against like you – against getting a called strike on you or ball. Like there is a timeout. Like there are things you can do. You can't overuse that. You'll be, you'll end up getting called on it. I assume. Yeah. You only get two, you get two timeouts per app or one timeout as a hitter per at bat. Yes. So there are safeguards against that. Like people are saying, Oh man, someone's going to get called out and, and they probably will, but that's going to be on you. Cause you can call timeout. Um, I, I think as a viewer, it's going to help with the sport tremendously and, and i kind of like all of the changes that are coming i need to see him play out in real time um i've mentioned this before but jason stark put out a hilarious article calling it spring training the shit show <laughs> because like it's going to be um people are going to be mad they're not going to understand the rules because you know baseball players are very you know singularly focused sometimes it's about me my career what i'm doing they have to remember we're doing a lot of changes this year uh but the pitch clock is going to be good i think the pace of play um, and they've said this in the minor leagues. It's just, it's just, it's like the Daytona 500, bro. It's speeding Action. up around those corners. Okay. So I'm excited <laughs> to see that the basis thing I'm whatever on, I think it's probably good for safety. I played a little bit of first base and I think that's going to be good there. Uh, but I agree with you, man. That pitch clock is, is going to do wonders for the game. And if, if this works, here's an off the script question. This is live for you what does that do for like Manfred's image? If all these things work, is Manfred going to get credit for this? Uh, I think, I think he should too. Like uh, as much as I'm pro union, I, I think he's forced a lot of these rules down the player's throat. As far as they, he can suggest them, the players can reject them and then they could just implement them the next year. Regardless, they do a lot of back and forth between the association and, and, and the, the commissioner's office because they they talk about rules they talk about clock they talk about implementation but the way they've incorporated the minor leagues the way they've you know experimented with the atlantic league that's all the commissioner's office side and if this is works i think it's for the better and i think he deserves it as part of his you know whatever the the 
his, I guess, uh, Hall of Fame, you know, because they all go to the Hall of Fame regardless of what they do. But this will be on his, you know, his bucket layer, his uh, bullet points for what he did. So it could either backfire uh, with malicious, like malicious, um, (laughs) the way they're going to go about it. But I think it's a good thing. And he should be proud of this. I think so, too. You know, I've been hypercritical of Manfred at times, uh, but I always say, man, like in in that position, um, you have to take the good with the bad. So like you have to be able to be criticized. If you're at the head of an organization and you're making changes, like you have to be able to be criticized and you can't you can't not expect that. But at the same time, like I said, good with the bad. If this ends up being a good thing for the game of baseball, I mean, I think. I think he might be remembered for this. The Manfred runner is what they call him in second base. That's the one I'm like iffy on, but I really don't care that much about. But if the pace of play and the viewing aspect of the game of baseball like increases and gets better, then you have to give him credit. So how about I, that? I agree with Manfred? you. I'm giving you credit. I agree with you on the the extra innings rule. I'm I'm not a fan. Give me two innings, just like you talk about. Give me two innings. Um, and I don't like the expanded playoffs. So like I understand it. I don't want to reward mediocre teams for not doing it. But you know that's that is what it is. But I really like the way that he's going about making these this pace of play. If it works, it's going to be a huge bonus for the game of baseball as a product. I'm going to skip one of these questions. I want to ask you now about expanded playoffs because I agree with you. You don't want to reward mediocrity, but do you think it's better to have teams shooting for 500 than tanking? Like I feel the, with the other way, when there's less teams getting involved in the playoff race, it's more enticing for these teams to tank. And I understand we still have some of these teams doing that, but I'd almost rather have a bunch of teams shooting for that middle ground and trying to find those extra five, six wins somewhere be a free agency or a trade than then being like, dude, how many teams in the playoffs? We're not even close. We can't do that. Let's tank. Yeah. Um, I, I, I agree with you that tanking is a big issue. I don't think expanded playoffs are the way to incentivize teams not to tank. I think there's some penalties that should be involved. They did a little bit with the, like the lottery kind of thing um, mm-hmm. on draft picks. It's the, the order is not set in stone. Um. And it's different. Like I just, the rebuild, you shouldn't for your fan base, completely tear it down for, for seven years and and expect your fans to stick around. This should be incentivized for people to come to the ballpark. Um, But I, I just don't like the, the teams that, that are in the second wild card or the, you know what I mean? That even going further than that, I'm just not a fan of, of a team going 80 and, you know, 82 86 whatever the case may be to to get it okay uh next question wilson Contreras, uh former cub now with the cardinals he's making a strong impression with people at cardinals camp uh how difficult do you think it is going to a division rival and turning heads into a positive manner and then quickly are the cardinals good enough on paper to win the whole damn thing jerry uh for Contreras, it's not hard uh, just show up, do your work. People will come around. It's the buildup, the off-season stuff, the talks. It's going to be weird for him to go back to to, to Chicago in a in a Cardinals uniform. But again, <laughs> as long as he can get over the the awkward, you know, trade deadline hugs that went around, he can get over anything. I still can't get over that. It was so embarrassing for me watching it, like cringy moments. But uh, if he can get over that, he'll be fine. Uh, 
as far as on paper, I think the Cardinals are really good. Uh, I, I don't love their depth. They need Flaherty, your boy Jack Flaherty, to, to show his 2019 form because you, we talked about what we look for in starting rotation is that stopper, and I don't think they have a true stopper unless Flaherty really steps up. Um, and then their bullpen is tremendous. Their lineup is good. They're definitely on paper better than the 2006 Cardinals who won the World Series. So I think they're they're good. Their lineup is is strong. That is a good point about Contreras, man. All you got to do is show up and put the work in, right? Like that's all the people care about, especially on the catching side. Like you better start to know your rotation. You better start to catch a bunch of bullpens. You better be working with guys, going over your notes, you know, talking about pitch mix, all that stuff, sequencing, all that good stuff. What I thought was really interesting was, you know, when he's asked about coming over uh, to the Cardinals, like all he started to mention was how hard these guys work and how it's going to be a positive influence on him. Him, He said he saw Nolan Arenado taking a bat home with him. He's like, look at this dude. He's going to go swing in front of the mirror <laughs> after he just got done at the baseball field. And then you got Goldschmidt, who's notoriously a hard worker. These are all like such good influences. And I'm not saying Wilson wasn't already working hard. I'm saying like when you get around guys like this, who are these like veterans who no doubt he looks up to these guys. How could you not? How could you not? But you see them putting in the work. It makes you think like, I better do that. I better do more than that. That's what I always used to think, man. I would see Justin Morneau taking a million swings, doing his defensive work. And I was like, fuck. If Morneau, who is like an MVP and like, you know, if he's working this hard, what the fuck am I doing? I, I better go out there and do it. And I thank Morneau all the time for instilling that in me, like being that positive example as far as work ethic, man. Like guys need that. So I think it's going to be good. As far as on paper, are they good enough to win the World Series? Jack Flaherty, don't hate me, bro. I love you. I don't think so. Not right now. Because what of what you it? mentioned. I think the rotational depth there. Now, they could get by. You could get by with a, with a you know, a decent rotation and your bullpen, um, you know, is better than expected and they kind of take over that. But I think they're going to need to add to the rotation. And it could it could be as simple as, like you said, Jay Flair just going out and being dominant. It is a contract year for him. I know the work he's put in in the offseason. I only saw the guy like three or four times. He kept telling me, he's like, bro, I'm in dog mode. I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, I'm going this dark. Is his contract this is his, year? How this old is, is he? contract year. He's like 26, 27. Jeez, that's exciting. If he shows out, oh, my goodness. Open yeah, those, so he has been – <laughs> He has been working, bro. Yeah. And I sprinkled a little bit of Coach Trev on him this offseason. Good. So it does go off. It's the magic know. we were talking about in Wordle, the Coach Trev magic. That's what I'm talking about. So, like, I'll say right now, no. Even though I do really like this team, I'm just kind of – I'm being honest with the people here. I think they're going to need to make some adjustments or additions. And, like I said, if Jay Flair does go out and he is that dominant guy, I guess that could be it for me. But I want to see it. Um <laughs> Last question real quick before we go only amp here with the people. Uh, spring training's obviously started for pitchers and catchers. What was your favorite part of spring training? And then tell me, are you an Arizona or Florida guy? Uh, favorite part of spring training is like there's, there's two part. Getting back to competition in baseball, you can't simulate it in the offseason. And then, as you know, as a retired a former player yourself, it's the clubhouse. It's getting back in, cutting it up with the boys, going back to work. You know, it's that – you know, in the trenches of warfare kind of mentality where only those that go through it with you understand what it's like. And you're going, you know, it's cliche to say going to war because obviously you're not 
comparing it to the real thing. But it is a, a common battle form thought process where you get in and there's you can't. That's what I miss the most from from baseball is is just being around the guys in the clubhouse every day. I agree with you. I, I like going having like breakfast with the boys, doing your crossword puzzle next to each other, chopping it up, all that good stuff. One kind of humorous aspect that I miss is when you first get to spring training, how many people are in the gym every day? All of them. The whole team's in the gym. Like, look at me. Look at all the pump I got in the offseason. Then as you get closer and closer <laughs> to the regular season, boy, oh, boy, does that number drop, doesn't it, Jerry? It's like, hey, where you at, bro? You're not back in the gym anymore? Well, I'm, I'm in the cold tub is where I'm at. <laughs> in the cold. People start to get a little bit banged up. They're like, <laughs> okay, maybe weightlifting's for the offseason. I just need to kind of keep my strength where it's at. Then um, uh, but- as far as AZ or Florida, AZ by a 1,000. Not even close. Florida is not for me. Too many, you know, too many things going on. Travel, you know, I wasn't in a fun city for a lot of it. Like I need some, some social life. Give me, give me the, the close proximity of, of Arizona. The least favorite thing about Florida for me is it's very regional. So all the teams that are close to you is the one you repetitively play them over and over. And they're always interdivision. So when I was with the, the Mets and the Nationals, it was like, all right, I need to face some lefties today. Uh, you know, who am I going to face? Oh, it's the same guys I'm going to face during the season and try to get out. getting you know? that look at you, huh? Yeah. And the more a hitter yeah. gets to see you, the better it is for the hitter. And so I would always end up pitching on the minor league side. So give me Arizona because you play everybody. You can go play in a split squad and, and see some different guys. And then you're done with your day at like, you know, 1130 and you can go hit the links. I'm going to tell you this, man. I'm a Florida guy. I think maybe it's because I had a a decent location. I'll give you just two reasons real quick. Fishing on all the freaking uh, golf holes that you stay on in Florida. Go fish for some bass real quick. And the beach. Ain't no beach in Arizona, Jerry. Uh, Those are two of the most overrated things, in my opinion. (laughs) Uh, I don't like to fish. It's not for me. I I can see why. Give me fly fishing. That's an activity. Uh, and then the beach, it's fun for like 10 seconds, but you know, <laughs> overrated. The oh, beach? the beach is overrated. I don't enjoy being, I mean, it's fine. I don't want to, I'll be at the pool. Give me the pool. Oh, you're a pool guy. Sand okay. is overrated. You, you might've saved yourself right there. You're just a pool guy. Okay. Give me a pool. All right. I like the beach. Uh, <laughs> that's it for today. Uh, we'll be back at, I think C Rosie and I will be back doing this uh, next Tuesday, but we want to thank Jerry for coming on and filling in for Chris as he's lying naked on a beach in St. Lucia. So for Jerry, Dan's going to be in some Dan, inappropriate oh, spots for him. Yes, he is. <laughs> you would never be at that beach. <laughs> no shot. We'll see you next time. We'll see you Tuesday.